Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six. Was episode seven? I've lost count after this point uh, for season two, as any other TV show. So if I'm wrong on the t on the counts, I am sorry, but I'm pretty sure this is episode six of season two. Yes, it is episode six of season two. My name, as always, is Brian M. Davis. I'm your host for this lovely podcast, YouTube show, whatever you want to call it. And joining me today is a friend I haven't seen in so long, Devante Jeffries. I mean, Jeffries, uh, I, I know I'm already pronounced your miss, but he is the owner of a special podcast, mostly for the most part. And he will be talking about society, his podcast today. So Devante, whenever you're ready. Uh, yes. Uh, my name is Devante Duquan Jeffries. Uh, I'm a man of many talents. Uh, local rapper, um, model, fashion designer. And one thing I learned as an artist is that to all the all the multi talented people out there, right? Like, oh, I do this and I do that and I do blah 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 and I do da 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 and I do da da da. I wanted to do one thing at a time, right? So, yeah. um, my brand is, uh, the true podcast. True fun fact is an acronym, terrific, righteous, and unanimous. Um, that's, a, that's a hell of an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. So when I say keep it true, I mean, it's like, it's like a punchline. It was from a song and, uh, terrific was the Greek, the Greek, I think the Greek definition of terrific is something that looks bad from a glance, but when I look harder at it, it's, oh, that's what he means to say. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, righteous is like doing the right thing because I want to, not because people tell me to do the right thing. Um, unanimous is that we all agree on the same topic, on the same thing. And I feel like for any artist, a true artist has to follow those three rules, you know, yeah. embrace your flaws and um, do the right thing with your art. And in order to get better, um, align yourself with other people who feel the same way as you do. You know, everyone in my circle, um, if you're not trying to build something, if you're not trying to do something bigger than yourself, you cannot fuck with me. You yeah. can't. You cannot fuck with me. Like, I, I don't have time. I'm a hypocrite. I do party. But I don't have, to, I don't have time to party that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, with Tazad, when I was, uh, when I knew you in, uh, back in BMCC, you know, BMCC represent. And it, it's sad because, you know, you always came across as a, as a very smart person, but I didn't know what like what your character was. Was like when you're an actor, it's like oh, it's like when you're off stage, you're kind of like either you're kind of like hard to like pin down. But like learn like uh, uh, talking to you over time is like you, you come across as like very insightful that sort of thing. So especially now working with you now with this, well at least with this interview uh, and hearing about oh how you know you don't fuck around with people who is like as long as they appreciate my time as opposed to just saying hey i need you with this that sort of thing because 
I get that because it, it takes, you know, it took me a while to actually figure out what my worth was, at, but as both as an actor, but also as a performing artist, you know, creator in general. This whole podcast thing took me ages to really figure it out. Uh, I'm pretty sure it took you ages to figure out how to create society for the most part, especially once you got the name is like, then you can figure out, you know, how to figure out where to brand the uh, most of uh, essentially where to brand the podcast in general. So in terms of that background, how long did you, how, like, how long was it, like, when you figured out the name, you know, which was an acronym, how long was that to the point where it's like, I know where to go with this product? I don't know where it will be in terms of the jumping off point, but I know this will be a good starting point for me. Mm. Like, how, like, how long was that process? To figure out like how how I'm gonna steer the ship, which like, yeah. Ooh. Um, you weren't expecting that question, were you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's really that's a really loaded question. It we started out as a fashion brand, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it, it 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 that's the thing when it was going through what my strengths were. Sure, these are my strengths, but which of these strengths do I love to do? Yeah. I like fashion. It's one of my greatest hobbies. I don't, I wouldn't take a bullet for fashion. Like, yeah. I would. It's like fashion. It's like I haven't even, I wasn't able to do like costume shop at both BMCC or at Brooklyn Collins, but I know doing like the, the costume design stuff. It's a lot of hard work, and just being and being a fashion designer, that is probably even much harder to do because you got to do like probably got to do like quotas and stuff like that. It's like every month or so, submit new ideas, that sort of thing. So being a fashion designer, you know, a model, I can understand being a model. That's uh, that's like it's almost like getting a paid gig and you know going in front of camera, that sort of thing, and you know doing. Uh, Modeling, modeling with you know stuff like that but i could it's like what you said before it's like i can never like like with film i can it's like i can see myself directing a film running film that sort of thing but i can never see myself like full-on like producing you know that's like full-on like full-on stuff even though this even though something like this this is technically film so yeah so it, but a lot of that comes from a lot of work from a especially being behind the scenes editing. So I, I, I completely agree. It's like, you know, even if it's a hobby, you always have to see if that hobby is something that's worth your time. And if you know that fashion, which you do like, but you know it's not going to be the right fit for you, it's still like, okay, fashion's not really my thing, but I'll, this is something I could literally do off the side, especially when I start building up a brand, because because mm -hmm. once I build up, you know, what this ideology is in terms of my uh, brand or you know, with the uh, trucidity, I mean trucidity, I guess trucidity. I gotta remember. Who gets it wrong? 
that's why I've been thinking about should I keep it to true, just the acronym? <laughs> you know, I might have to do that. I might have to do that. Well, uh, but society always has a nice ring to it too. So it's like, it was like, what do you do? Uh, well, I am the owner and operator of society. And it was like, Ooh, what is society? Well, my young friend here. And be like something like that. And yeah. But yeah uh, crap. What was I saying? Oh, but yeah. Uh, I definitely hear you when it's like, Oh, fashion, that sort of thing. If you wanted to do that as a fashion line, that'd be even more harder because you got to think of more creative ways to essentially, okay. Uh, especially now with uh, the, the pandemic going around, I was like, okay, now, you know, masks would be more like popular now. I was like, how do I, like, how would I create this uh, fashion line with more with gear toward masks, that sort of thing. So it's like, you have to be really, 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 in depth with fashion, that sort of thing. So I understand it completely being like, hey, fashion might be a hobby of mine, but it's not like what I really want to do. Yeah, you so, should be my marketing strategist. Making masks right now is actually the way to go. I, yeah, I should I should write that down. Hold on. Um, but um. Yeah, uh, multi-talented, you know what I'm saying? I do see myself going back to fashion. And yeah. this is when, this is the kicker here, though. I realized my passion was mixing music, like being a DJ and combining frequencies together and making beautiful sounds yeah. and talking to people. Like, I'm an introvert. I'm very quiet, so I use my ears more than I use my mouth. Um, so I'm sure you probably heard the craziest things five minutes before a show starts. Oh, yeah. And I would hear it and I, I couldn't believe that they would say that, but they didn't know that they said something vulnerable in that moment. So, yeah, especially when you're just a stagehand and you're just doing stuff like, uh, gangs. <laughs> getting all the props ready and all you just hear a couple of actors off to the side just like you know talking shit about something else about the show or something like that and, and you're just like kind of like you know one year towards that conversation one year like towards the and you know, like your eyes and your ears like sort of like on the thing but there's one ear like towards the other conversation and you're just saying out the props and it's like and you know and so and like what you just said so and so just just like yeah it, it's being an introvert, it, 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 I will say this, being an introvert, it, it holds a lot of power, but at the same time, it's power that you probably do not want because you basically are able to know when someone's bullshitting someone. And because you kind of like... Man. Give me an example. Uh, oh... Because I, I, I'm like Pandora's box. People told mostly, me so mostly the work too. It was like when I when I was an usher at a at one of my uh, theaters I worked with, which was off Broadway. I would people I would hear people was like talking about, oh yeah, I done this on that. And as an introvert, it's like I, I it's like I have like more, much more of an inside thing. I'm like, and people would be essentially like, oh. 
they would talk about how I want to say like they want to talk about how good their like acting degrees are or where they came from that sort of thing and it's like oh you know I've been working here for the past so like oh yeah I've been working here for the past two and a half years like I, I and then and I would hear back from another person like yeah that guy he's been working here for at least a year and a half so it's like so it's like talking it's like once you talk to the right people and hearing other people saying stuff like that, it's sort of like your mind, not only is your ears able to like be more fine tuned to someone, but especially once you're in the theater too, like working in the theater is like, that's when you know when you're kind of like a bullshit artist too, because you, you're kind of like, you're kind of like both a carny, but also uh, uh, <laughs> a, a, like, you're both working as a carny as an actor. I mean, in theater, you're practically working as a carny, but also as a person who, like, literally knows how the thing runs. That sort of thing. So, and yeah, I, I, if, if I talk about stuff that I know personally, I feel like, oh, I really don't want to burn the bridges I know of yet. Right. Right. So, especially, especially with a show like this. And the way it's getting more and more traction, hopefully, you know. So I don't want to burn those bridges yet. So oh, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, but you understand what I'm talking about. It's like it's like once you it's like as an introvert, and then it's like you hold this power of hearing a lot of things because no one really pays attention to you because you're like literally by the wall, just like just looking around, just like listening. <laughs> With a broom, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, I feel like that that whole conversation just got sidetracked. But uh, picking back on that, uh, in terms of society, it's like okay, you thought it would be a nice modeling brand, but you figured okay, fashion's got to be a very hard to do. What was yeah. your next like? That was essentially a good starting point where you kind of know where this was going in terms of your brand. Mm -hmm. So in terms of your next step, like how long did it take you to figure out, okay, maybe I want to use this as my producing brand because I know you worked with the, uh, two of my former guests, both. Yeah. I, 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 wanna, I, I know you worked with 60-Bit Wanderer and I know we worked with... Uh, Debson, uh, oh my God! I know I, I, I pronounced that. I mispronounced it already. I'm sorry, man. Uh, you got Debstein. a lot of names, man. You got a lot of names to remember, man. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, man. And, and and you're dealing with someone who has a bad memory too. So. But I'm bad with names too, man. It's it's. <laughs> I'm good with faces though. That, faces. That's it's like I know yeah another face, and sometimes I'll be like. Uh, I would know that face, and I'd just start talking about that person, and then I would, I, I would legitimately forget their name, but I know the face, so I was like, I know that face, but I don't know their name. So I was just talking to them, it's like, what's your name again? Ah, oh, okay, it's like, I was like, especially, yeah. especially at work, too, so especially since, you know, work, you know, especially as an usher, but also working with uh, my other job, with Today Ticks, you would always have, like, a lot of my uh, co-workers at Today Ticks would be, uh, interchangeable like every other week or every other day or every day so so a lot of these 
people that you might have met yesterday will not be there for the next day or at least in two days. And then so we they know, know that who you are, but you don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that? Is yeah. that? <laughs> Yo. But yeah. Uh, I know you. Bit, I know you. Uh, I know you worked with Sixty Bit, and I know you worked with Debstein, mostly because, uh, mostly in terms of because we all know each other. It's like theater, as I said, theater is like theater is like literally a small world. Who you know in theater, chances are someone might know them, and because of that, it, it's like it's like it's literally you know someone in theater chances are you might know someone else in theater who knows them. So yeah, how did coming up, uh, how did essentially coming to work with and producing music with not only 60-bit, but also Debstein, how did that come about? Well, let, let me clarify, I'm not a producer, I'm a, uh, a DJ. Like a um, mixer? Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Wanderer. He makes beats like he yeah. just he can make them in minutes, minutes. And I remember the first time I saw that, I said, "Yeah, I like that." <laughs> I, I like that um, because he was he he loves Motown and Japanese anime music, and I just to make something from nothing. I admire that from any artist. You can make violins out of paper clips. If you can make that shit work somehow, yeah, you got my support <laughs> all the way. So with working with Wanderer and working with DevSign, watching them, you know, being a sponge and soaking up their knowledge and knowing when to shut up, you know, <laughs> knowing when to, you know, submit and take the knee and, you know, hear everything that they're saying, watch everything that they're doing. I knew I had a talent for it because you ever been in acting class? Oh, yeah. One student that they just get it. Lori Key, they'll yeah. shout out Lori Key too. She'll say some things that sounds complicated, but the student gets it. Yeah. Like immediately, like, like that's, that's, they're talented and stuff. Um, Blaine noticed and, uh, you know, Devonte they noticed the talent in me and they said, all right, let me take him to the studio. Let me touch, let him touch the keyboard and stuff. And I was not thinking about a podcast yet, but no. I knew damn sure that I was not using a sewing machine. Yeah. So, <laughs> my hands, I just, I still have those memories. Um, I also knew that I was really good at talking to people and every time an artist, I came to them, we would always have these cool conversations and stuff and they would be vulnerable with me. I'd be vulnerable with them. And I had a talent. That's when I realized I had a talent of helping people uh, put on their true selves, no pun intended. Ah. And I said, hmm, okay, this is very interesting. Like, why, why do people tell me the truth a lot? People are, you know, I've had people tell me, oh, you know, there are times when I went through this, this, this as a kid, and I, 
you know, and you're just such a great listener. I said, mm, I am. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I love music and I love talking to people and helping people and helping them reach that next level. So how do I use music and use an everyday conversation to help people? And true podcast. Here we go. Will I go back to fashion? Uh, no. Uh, I'll sell t-shirts. Yeah. I'll sell t-shirts like this one. I mean, if you could sell your brand with uh, fashion, I'm pretty sure you could, in a way, you could be a fashion designer. But doing fashion like part time—I mean, not part time—doing fashion full time is probably one of the most stressful jobs. But you got to think of like designs, dresses, that sort of thing. And not only that, you—if you're doing it by yourself, that's even more like. That's even more of a stress to do this because you you just mentioned that you'd be like working with a sewing machine that sort of thing, and and I, I would talk to people in my class who are like costume designers or costume people like in the costume shop that sort of thing, and they would say it's relatively easy, but it's not relatively easy once you have like a group of people with you, and yeah. and you have an experience, and if you have an experienced professor, you know guiding you that sort of thing. But when you're by yourself in a you know. Uh, Searching up something that's by yourself, that's all yourself, that's what you know, right. that's the thing. Uh, but speaking of college, how much was BMCC an inspiration to you? Because I know you, you just mentioned Lori Key, shout out to Lori Key again. Yes. And I know Papa Cheese Pops, he was probably a big inspiration to you. So how much was BMCC an inspiration to you? Because I know there is like hints, because, I, because the way you also inter, uh, worked with people, as I said before, some of the people that you worked with in the past for, uh, uh, for society has been you know, BMCC alumni. So has BMCC been a big, a big fact to you, Lita? Has BMCC been a big factor for you, not only in not only in terms of inspiration, but just being a source of just being a source of like helpfulness? You know, I remember graduating high school, and I was saying I was one of those oh college is useless, da ba ba, fuck college and all this. Um, I just want to, you know, drink my soda and play video games. <laughs> nah. uh, I just want to drink my soda and, and, and do fashion. I was very into, or I thought I was into fashion. Um, because I see celebrities on TV and magazine say, oh my God, wow. How, that is a vintage, uh, Vesici, uh, biker vest or something like that. And yeah. You're right. Um, it was seeing everyone's acting style, everyone's art style on stage, like saying, oh, that guy's a comedian. Oh, she's like a Viola or uh, Davis, Meryl Streep type person. Oh, that guy is like, like, oh, my God, like, 
these people are amazing. And I actually hated BMCC for a time because I didn't know my place. So it was this love-hate relationship of inspiration and jealousy. And for the most part, yeah. Um, I'm glad I went to BMCC to soak, again, the same thing with Wanderer, the same thing with Deb Sign, soak up everyone's style and to yeah. find out what my lane is, definitely. Even the professors, Papa Cheese, Lori Key. Did you have Secret? No, not Secret. Um, I, ha I had uh, Cheney, uh, Papa Cheese, uh, Winstead, uh, Gowling, of course, uh, Dr. Huff, mm -hmm. uh, and oh, and Piper, too. Piper, yeah, Chris Piper. No, I, I think you, he was the audio professor when he was there, so he might have actually left before. No, you had. Oh, um, he was yeah. a guy. If you if you ever noticed, he had like glasses, that sort of thing. He uh, worked with the uh, sound design, and he, did he have red hair? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, yes. I only saw him one time ever. <laughs> this guy is like a unicorn. Like yeah. I only saw him once. But if you had his class, it was like fun, especially as a sound design, like audio design, that sort of thing too. Because he, not only did we have like fun projects in that class, but he actually allowed a lot of us to really explore what to do with sound design in general, especially since the, the play that we were doing that semester was measure for measure. So we were trying to figure out how to do like apocalyptic uh, sound design. So, so in the background, it was like, yeah, I had this idea of having like the, the because I, since I live by a church, I wanted to actually go to where my church was actually doing the either like the six o'clock or maybe noon bell time and actually do like hear it like as just like bong, 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 you know, that sort of thing. Mm. But I could never do that because, you know, it, it was mostly because of time and time restrictions, that sort of thing. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that was the only professors I had in terms of theater at the MCC. But it's oh. like, wait, but in, in terms of what you just said, yeah, it, uh, it, it's odd because at the MCC, especially at college in general, finding your like worth in terms of like what you want to do, it's hard because, you know, it, it, like what you said before is like, you know, once you are out of high school, no one high school, like, ah, I don't want to go to college, that sort of thing. But, Mm. With high school, they have like a college now, where it's just basically having. I think they still have college now. I'm not sure if they do, but back in my day, they had college now and actually helped you study. Yeah. Uh, today, they call it like AP classes. I don't know what the acronym is, but a college professor would come in with a, a statistics. I don't know what a 15 year old is doing taking a statistics, statistics class. Oh, God yeah. help you. But yeah, uh, at least in high school they had the they had the idea of setting up everything with college, especially at, when you're about to graduate from uh, high school as a senior, and then you're having the whole senior the senioritis thing at you know as an actual legitimacy. Yeah. Sort of thing. 
And then once you go into college, especially in, in a community college or even a four-year college, it, it, it's an interesting, like an interesting mindset because it, it's odd because the, the amount of people who I met in community college, I feel are a lot more grounded than the people who I met in- Really? Let's talk about Because I met people in college at both not only at Hunter College, but also at uh, Brooklyn College. And at Brooklyn College, there are a lot of great people I worked with who I would always be like, hey, I'm doing, I'm just like, I'm doing a show. I need, could you, could I uh, ask for a favor for the show? I need people to work with, that sort of thing. Like, yes, don't, you know, that sort of thing. But I think, I, I honestly think it has to do maybe for the atmosphere in terms of colleges. Because maybe because at Brooklyn College, I worked with people who were so full of life and so loving the fact that they were in theater and that sort of thing. And at Hunter College, they were like, eh. it, it, it was hard to figure out why people, uh, because I, I, I would see a lot of misery there, especially at Hunter, just as, at, on a regular basis. And, and at BMCC, I would just see people who were like legitimately still in high school. And that was the weird thing, was that people would still be in that high school mentality, especially in the BMCC and at Kingsborough too. Well, less Kingsborough because Kingsborough I think was probably somewhat credible when I was there, but I'm not sure how it was, I'm not sure how it is like after the fact I've been like gone for like, like 15 years or something like that. So 15 years ago, I'm pretty sure Kingsboro was like almost like a high school. Like, and it, the weird thing it was, it was it, Kingsboro is right next to a high school. So right. the high, yeah, okay. either, a high, either a high school or junior high. I forgot which one, but it's by another school. That's literally. So when you're walking out of the uh, college, you're also walking out of the college with a bunch of like um, uh, junior high schools or just high schools in general is coming off to go into their you know buses mm. and whatnot. So. Yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, in, in terms of community college and college in general, I feel like I met people who were in community college like that would be more grounded than or more aware to know what's going to happen with uh, with their careers in terms of stuff like that. Even though I have met people in Brooklyn College who were very grounded and knew where they're going in their career. And that sort of thing. So, and again, I think it has to do with atmosphere, especially is like where you're going in terms of education. If it's a good, very good school, you gotta have you know you gotta meet with kids. I mean, not kids. You gotta meet with students and faculty who really love being there. That sort of thing. And if you're going to a school with. I want to say with difficulties or something like that, you're going to have a lot of people who are like, why am I even here? That sort of thing. Like people who are just miserable just being there. And I've seen people who were miserable at being succeeded. So. And people with that, oh my God. Okay. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, okay. So... At BMCC, I had to take math, uh, like a, a math, uh, a math workshop uh, thing, just to pass math. So I had to take it twice because the first math professor I had, he was slightly crazy, but 
only in the sense of he didn't know how to teach everybody math. So it was just like sort of like math teacher. He was the only he was the only he was the only math teacher available, I guess, for that Monday or not Monday, uh was it Monday? No, it was an early Tuesday morning class or maybe Thursday morning class. So it was like one of those morning classes. And there was this girl who would always arrive late and he would and she would always have the attitude too, that sort of thing. And I remember her clearly walking into class, say like maybe 15 minutes, 50 minutes late with uh, a McDonald's iced tea or something. No, close, but Chick-fil-A. Because you know how Chick-fil-A is like right next to uh, Finneman Hall. Yeah. So, so, and that's where it was. The, the, the class was at Finneman Hall. And, and, and the professor just, just looked at her and just like, why do I even bother? And just like go into his like, uh, class of that day. And what's odd is that if I met, I mean, if I was late or stuff like that at either Brooklyn College or the Hunter College, my professor wouldn't really care as long as they knew beforehand, it's like, hey, I'm running late, that sort of thing. But it, it, it's odd between, and, and again, I, this feels like a, a, another conversation all by itself, which is essentially, uh, the performing arts in like regular public uh, public schooling, like you know, like CUNY, uh, that sort of thing, you know, community college theater, four year college theater, that sort of thing within the CUNY system, compared to say like Julio or the acting studio or Yale, yeah, yeah, wherever like the more prestigious acting uh, acting places are. Compared to, like, say, you know, a place in the middle of New York City where you have to fight through like seven hundred people just to get to your class on time. Ugh. But yeah, uh, it, it, it's odd how essentially though. Like you're all right. I do think that in the end, I did have the same thing with BMCC, where it's like I did not know where I was going until probably towards the end. Mm. Of, and, and that's the weird thing. And that's the weird thing. It's like once you're at the end of your last semester, something just clicks. It's like you know where to go next, but where would I go next? Like who do I know to know that note? Like who do I know to, like who do I know so I can ask to I can go next? And it, it's uh, you know, it's sad because right now this is where I'm going next, which is essentially producing this podcast thing. But if this was a regular summer, I would already be. Oh, that's you. Okay. <laughs> I heard a buzzing. I was like, but if this was if this was a regular summer, I would be head first, deep running, going to look for theater jobs, that sort of thing, trying to find a theater. You know, maybe a on Broadway again. You know, it worked my job naturally, but would I be able to still do this full, like not necessarily full time, but I was still probably doing this like full, uh, semi, uh, semi uh, part time. That's what. And yeah, I, I, and I think, and again, it's odd how essentially once you're in that last semester of college or that last semester in your education that's when something just clicks. yeah 
that's when you had the like the 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 moment of clarity or something like that. Whereas like I now know where to go next or something like that. Especially if you're in the last semester of the first, like, especially if you're in your like first year or something like that. And at the end of your first year, I think that's when you have to uh, submit your psych. If you're still undecided at the last, at the end of the first year, you have to make a decision or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then essentially, do you want to be like, uh, you know, do you want to do economics? Do you want to do social justice, that sort of thing, but and then at the end, and then at the last moment, you finally figure out, I know what I want to do. I want to paint. And then, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, it, it's and like, everyone looks at you like, what? What? Yeah. It's like, and for, it's like, yeah. but for the past, like, do, uh, but for the past couple of semesters, you, you've been focusing on, like, economics and social justice, but, you know, like, you want to paint now. It's like, it's like, why would you want to do that? That's a long traction. That's going to be like, and, I've, and again, I've had discussions with some, uh, count, uh, uh, some, what was it, uh, advisor there, not a theater advisor, but just an advisor in general at BMCC, who told me do not do performing arts because they'd be like, it will be an extra year. But I was like, no, this is the thing I've been working towards. Like, that's the thing I've been working towards. So I'm always carrying that like conversation in my mind every so often, especially if I'm ever feeling disillusional about acting, just remember about that conversation and that sort of like reach back to my hands and I was like, you know what? I'm going to audition. That's what I was like. That's what... But yeah. I but like yeah. that mentality, man, because in, in college, funny, funny one, um, I was still lost at the, even at the end. Like the light was getting bigger and it was getting more apparent and stuff like that, but I still didn't know until um like because i i went to i went to college for the wrong reasons i wanted to be popular because yeah. in high school and middle school i was what you can imagine someone doesn't want to be yeah. <laughs> so i went to college and i was being someone and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I was being someone who I wasn't, and I was, you know, uh, a narcissist at the time, and I was being such a fool, like such a stupid fool. And um, there, there would come a time when my ego would be killed, yeah. and it was public, and my reputation was killed. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I had to, at that moment, I had to let my character speak for itself and find out who my, pun intended, true friends were, yeah. um, find out who my true self was, what are my strengths, what are my, my weaknesses, what are my boundaries and stuff like that. And it was literally um, graduation. And you know, they say, oh, well, you guys are going to save the world. Yeah. It was, hearing and, that, it was hearing that Chuck Schumer speech like the billion time. Just like it's like, on, like bro. hearing that. It, it was hearing that speech, and all of a sudden in your mind, it's like you just start hearing like those clicks just start clicking, just start clicking together. It's like I know I know what my worth is. It's like, yeah, yeah. But also yeah. being but also being in the Madison Square Garden also feels like a, a, a prestigious moment all by yourself too. So having in that moment, have, you know. Journey, uh, journey, 
you know, going to MSG for like a half a day just to graduate there and just being on that stage, it's like, it's, an enjoy it's a joyous moment, especially when you work so hard to get that degree and felt like, like you did not, uh, and felt like essentially it's like, do I deserve this degree? That sort of thing. But what the, mo the moment they hear you, the moment you hear your name, and the moment you step on that stage, it's like, and the moment you get that degree and then you turn to those people and go, and then you walk off, it's like, that's when you know something like clicked it. You know, like that's when you know that, you know, that's when you know when that idea where to go is going, is going to pay for you because you felt like actual joy when you got that degree. That's what mm. Like I know when I got my degree, I was like, I, I said thank you to Professor Kavanaugh, and then thank you, I think, to the dean too, or, or whoever was on stage as well. And then, and then when I was walking down the stage, I was like, I just, I, I literally just went, did the most stressful. Don't fall! Don't fall! Don't fall! Don't, don't, don't fall! But I did the most stressful like type of walk down the stairs, and then by the time I was on the second stairs, I was like, you know what? I'll just jump down. And then I jumped down. I was like, ah, that felt great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, I do understand the sense of like being at graduation and f trying to figure out where to go next and then suddenly having that realization of where to go next. Um, uh, is that where true society kind of like formed that more so or was that like the, is that where essentially where, is, is that where essentially it sort of like became much more of this is the idea I want to do. This is the idea I want to promote. That sort of thing. In theater, they call this the beat. <laughs> uh, hmm. Say the question one more time. I want to. I want to make sure I I heard you right. Was your graduation? The formation essentially into moving forward with society or was society something that stemmed from graduation that wasn't stemmed from graduation but was an idea that came afterwards but it was during because you mentioned that during graduation it was like something dawned on you and you knew where to go next because you said you were even as you're graduating like in that building you still wouldn't know where to go next. So something clicked on you. I mean, something clicked within the span of like being in a building until probably when you got the degree. So was society a factor into uh, into that uh, uh, mentality, there we go, or just into the idea? It, yeah, it was the beginning of an idea, definitely. Um, I remember writing the first logo the circles with the eye. If you go on um, True Society, T-R-U underscore C-I-E-T-Y, the first thing that you see is a bunch of squiggly lines and an eye. That was my first logo ever. And I would doodle that in class, but I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew that I like to draw when I'm bored. Yeah. And which isn't a bad thing by, by itself, especially when you're in class. Yeah, thank you. 
especially if the professor is crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm doodling and the, the logo means so much to me because um, cause I felt, like I said in class, I was in the school for the wrong reasons. I wasn't being myself. I was trying to be someone I, I was not. And it felt like, just like the logo with the circles, I was going in circles, you know, with my identity and who I wanted to be and who I wanted to be years later and blah, 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 and all this woke shit. And, <laughs> and uh, I, it, it, I had to uh, lose my reputation to find my true self. You know, like, oh, wow, like, okay, this is, this, this is, um, these are my talents and this is my strengths and, oh, these are my weaknesses. Oh, okay. Um, I, so the same thing with high school when I graduated and I said, this is going to be a change. With college, I said, this is going to be a, pun intended again, a true change. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was the beginning of I'm gonna get into fashion, which of course was not the case today, and and it came to being a fashion designer and being around these artists, and the same thing like being in a dressing room five minutes before a show. Um, these rappers and these singers would be, you know, they would be honest around me and tell me these things and. If they wanted advice, sure, I'd give them advice about relationships or uh, what to do with that one song because the chorus sounds a little bit off. Oh, another notification on my phone was a little bit off. Um, musical advice and stuff like this, friendship advice, you name it. And it was giving this advice that I was able to be who I always was who I wanted to be and I said you know what if I can be my true self what if someone else is struggling with that too they don't know who they are and what their strengths are what if I could guide them along the path I remember one of my favorite artists Kid Cudi I'm in the pursuit of happiness and I know um he was talking about how he would hear certain content and see certain movies that he liked that it was relatable but it was other stuff that was exaggerated a huge pet peeve of mine is a lot of these artists they're exaggerated to the highest degree like yeah the lives that they're living that that's either it's not true pun intended again or it's exaggerated by a thousand percent. And that's always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so with this message, again, still going through the kinks of it with fashion and am I a, an engineer? Do I mix music? Oh, actually we're a podcast that does all three of those. Yeah. What? The objective is to save people from shame, like how I saved myself from shame. If I can save myself from shame, I can help him, I can help her, 
because I feel like that's a huge killer. Shame. People talk about depression and anxiety, which is, you know, quite the challenge as well. Though shame, shame makes people do strange things. Like, um, I would have parties in my mother's house and we would just fuck up the furniture because I just, I just wanted to be popular so bad. And I was having these people uh, sleep on my bed and, and stuff like this all because, you know, I would be popular. Yeah. And it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Anyone, anyone who, if you watching this right now, if don't worry about being popular, worry about being true. And this ain't about my brand. I know I said that multiple times with shameless plugs and stuff like that, though for, for real this time. Yeah. Don't, it's not about being popular because people are always going to say something. Yeah. So you might as well be yourself. You might as well. Um, and being yourself is actually a big strong point because, as I said, it's like that last semester at BMCC was not only was it a uh, stressful one because one, it was last semester and I haven't had that last semester and like, I never actually had a last semester at, at college before. So, so it was like building up all this stuff and I had a lot of personal problems happening uh, that, that happened to me at the, at the end, the tail end of the previous semester. So that summer was like even more stressful for me. And then here I am thinking I am just gonna be, okay, I'm gonna try and uh, audition for the musical or play, whatever this, this semester. If the theater club is doing the play or something like that, I would try and do that, try to get under mind off things. But I noticed, uh, well, I didn't notice, but my friends noticed essentially. And this is like what you said before, your true friends started to notice, my true friends started to notice that I wasn't myself anymore. I was essentially just like, like this Brian Davis that was in front of him, but it was almost like there was a facade in front of him. There was like, there was like this guy who they knew was Brian Davis, but wasn't Brian Davis. And it got to a point where I legitimately had one of the most stressful panic attacks I have ever been. And it was actually like a, a twofold thing where it's like, I was invited to a party. You know, I don't, I don't go to parties. And I was trying to say goodbye to uh, the guests of the night. And I couldn't really do that. And someone, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. I, you know, they talked me the wrong way. And because of that, I had a panic attack, anxiety attack, what have you. And it sort of like, it continued into that semester too, until the point where it was like, I had one, oh, a very bad anxiety attack. Uh, the day after, I mean, one of, the, like one of the times I was like, after my classes ended, I'm just still around campus, no one's around campus, I'm talking to my friends, and then all of a sudden, like all the stuff that's been happening to me for the past, like say, since May of that, you know, May of, since May of that year to that present, all this was just like, like culminating into one big, uh, like, this snowball effect. 
yeah, the snowball effect of this yeah. emotion just you know pouring out of me. And then my friends were like, Ryan, we were really worried about you. And then it took me like, like legitimately, it took me what uh, a couple of months, but also going to the uh, counsel's office at BMCC to actually help me out because if it wasn't for the, the, the counsel's office there and then getting therapy as well, I just wouldn't think I would be in, I don't think I probably would have recovered what happened in May of that of that year to where I am, where it's like, oh, I've, it's been a few years. I've not only have I grown past it, but I feel like I've grown to a point where it's like my body and soul and my, my mind, body and soul is now more complete than it was previously where it's like what well, you just said before you know you're inviting people to your house you're doing weird parties and stuff like that and this is something that you don't want to do but your ego it, it's like the, the line it's like the line from top gun your ego your body yeah, yeah your ego is cashing checks your body can't cash Ooh. and and truthfully Again, and, and uh, uh, no pun intended. Runs all but around. <laughs> yeah, but tr but truthfully, that's what people do when they create this facade about themselves. Is that people would create a facade where it's like, oh yeah, I am the hippest, and you know, I am the hippest guy around, I'm the, or I am the most dopest girl, or something like that. I am the party girl, that sort of thing. But when you meet with them, access streets, and you know one-on-one, -on -one, like what you said before, is like before a show begins and you're talking to like a rapper or a singer about that and it's like, and they're kind of like very open and vulnerable. And if you meet someone who is like, oh, the hippest guy around and they're open and vulnerable too, they're not really the hippest guy around. They're just being someone who is just being truthful about themselves. And in the end, I think once you are truthful about yourself, as I am now, as opposed to say like a couple of years ago, that's when, that's when essentially you figure out, okay, I'm truthful about myself. I'm open about what's wrong with myself. You know, where do I go next? And luckily, if you have friends and family who help you and a support system, that's when you do the best thing. But yeah, I definitely understand the fact that of the point of essentially where it's like your ego is essentially creating this facade where it's like you want to be popular, but you don't want to be pop, but you're being popular, but you just are becoming popular for the wrong reasons. And then suddenly when, if it's like, and then suddenly when the uh, play of like, if there, if there's a play and that you're a part of, and it's like, oh man, I, we need to have like a, a like a cast party after the show. Where do we go? And then, and people who are automatically thinking, you know what, Devante, he has a house nearby. We should just go there. And you'll be like, and and you'll be like, hey, sure, why not? Let's go to my house. And then, and then, don't fuck shit up. Don't fuck shit up. And they fuck shit up. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I do understand that completely. Whereas it's like. Uh, Hey, you know, when you aren't, when you're not being true to yourself, you're just harming yourself in the long run. And not only that, your your ego is 
getting more and more like becoming more and more of a ego by itself. And then by, by the time you're talking to people who you essentially become the caricature of what you basically put your facade of. Yeah. So, mm. so yeah, it, it, it takes a while for you essentially to, ooh, sorry. It takes you a while to essentially figure out things. And I think, to close my thought, I think performing arts is a way to actually procure that. So, yeah. Performing arts allows you to actually open up those doors. So, doing a podcast such as this, or a podcast like uh, Society, you know, mixing like DJing and GJing music, that sort of thing, it allows you to essentially figure out hey, I know what I want to do. I know what my strengths are, I know what my weaknesses are. And yeah, it's, I, I think the whole ideology of, or the name, choose, you know, society, it allows you to essentially be true to yourself. And in the end, I think that's what you, I mean, that's what the end goal should be for somebody in life is to always be honest, open-minded themselves. But people don't want to be honest open because, you know, the, you know people have, for understandable reasons, like what well, if they yeah. me? What if they blah blah blah? Yeah, you know? it's like, like I can understand like a celebrity not being open and honest about themselves. If they're a celebrity, like they're a famous actor, and they don't want to talk about that private life, that's that's perfectly understandable. You know, it's like if they want to talk about you know how come you're not married, that sort of thing. It's like, oh yeah, it was like, how come you're you know uh, we don't see your wife that often, and even though you know that sort of thing. Or how come you, you know, your husband is always, uh, your husband always works, you know, in Europe, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Will, but yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, being honest, I think to wrap up this thought of mine, being honest is what you need to be, especially in a world like this now. And not only that, you just need to be true to yourself. Damn, man. Yeah. For for me, it took me, you know, a counselor and a therapist to help me go through uh, certain dilemmas I was having where I'm I'm an introvert, but I love attention. Is acting fueling my narcissism? Uh, If if I am a narcissism, a narc that's if I am a narcissist, did I get that from somebody? Uh, what what does this mean? Oh, okay. So how where do I go from here? Who should be in my circle? Who should not be in my circle? And stuff like that. And definitely that stigma. I believe every artist should have a therapist. That yeah. whole that whole stigma shit. Oh, you're crazy. I I don't believe that. Yeah. I believe. If someone is seeing a therapist, there's something in their life they're trying to fix, not something in their brain. Yeah. Whatever, whatever I'm born with is whatever I'm born with. I, I, same thing as how I can't choose my family, but I can change my life. And if a therapist can help with that, by all means, get nine of them. Get nine of them motherfuckers. Just do what you gotta do. <laughs> do what you gotta do to to uh, 
you know, um, uh, get yourself on the path, you know? Uh, I was going to relate that to true, but now I feel like I'm forcing it. So um, I remember with me, it was, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, helping me find my identity. And the faster, for any artist listening to this, the faster you know who you are, the less stress you'll have, because please. Because when you know what your boundaries are, like, oh, I'm not going to drink tonight or, oh, I'm not going to do this because I know damn well that I need to do this or, oh, no, um, I'm wearing a condom because I can't have a kid right now. I'm working on this podcast. (laughs) I am not. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I love everything that you're doing right now. I believe you. you. Thank you. Um, Man, any way that I can help, I'd love to help. Any way, if you need any like sort of resources I could give to you, anything. Well, I... you're, help, you're helping me right now. I'm just being on my uh, show and talking about this, the whole idea, the whole idea behind society, and not only that, why performing, you know, your performing arts experience in general, that sort of thing, and just being essentially open and honest about yourself and being essentially why saying, hey. And, and again, this is what I was trying to say before, was is that I, I think performing artists and the way we are performing artists, we we do have a idea about how to essentially become who we are. And it's like what you just said before, is like, is my acting feeling my narcissistic? It's like, I know people who, who are quite, you know, competitive, that sort of thing, but, you know, they aren't competitive for the sake of being competitive. They could just be like a very competitive person in terms of their acting. That's what. But, mm. but in terms of what you've said before, there there are people who have this weird functionality where these their emotions kind of like, you know, where their acting kind of like fuels their emotions, like their actual emotions, not on stage, but just like who they are pretending to be off stage. That's what. Mm, that's so, yeah. yeah and especially nowadays where it's just like people I, I do think that because of quarantine that sort of thing people have become a lot more not only in tune to essentially their own you know self-worth but just being in tune to people's own self-worth and just being and if there are people who are who are being mistreated, people will be like, people on Twitter will be like, you know, you know, uh, Walmart, you know, tossed out a uh, disabled veteran or something like that, or Kmart, you know, is throwing out, you know, uh, stuff that relates to. You know, such and such. And people on Twitter would be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to start tweeting about this, that sort of thing. And people will use Twitter to essentially uh, raise awareness to you know, social rights, that sort of thing, you know. And with the and with the whole thing with YouTube, like what, we're, what, like what this thing is, you know, conversations like this, it brings awareness to things that people wouldn't have thought about before. It's like, you know, 
what people think about philosophy stuff on a, on a conversational podcast like this. Probably not, you know, probably, people will probably not think about stuff like this, you know, being true to themselves, that sort of thing. You know, they may say that privately, but they probably not say that publicly. And 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 then someone will be like, hey, it was like, hey, did, did you see that lady performing the arts episode with Brian and, and Devante? Devante was like saying, like, oh, he's, you know, you speak, you know, true to yourself. Like, and they could be like, oh, Devante's just talking about shit. He doesn't know what he was talking about, that sort of thing. <laughs> he's just trying to be woke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's just trying to be woke. You know, same as Brian. Brian is just focused. Brian is focused on play pitch, that's what I think. And in private, they're probably like, yeah, Brian and Devante are probably right, but you, know, you have to be true to yourself, that's what I think. And yeah, I think we, we've come to a point in our lives where, where essentially you have to be essentially true to yourself. And I think that's a good way of actually ending the, uh, my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm all yeah, pooped out. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you talk to me about an hour. So. <laughs> no, it was a great conversation, man. Thank you. Uh, I do have three questions left, although I think you, you probably already answered one of them, which was essentially any advice. So I think just being true to yourself, that's what I think. That, that was great advice. But in terms of true society, what can we expect from you in the future? True.com. Uh, I'm working on a book. I don't want to say the idea. Hmm. But uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll say it. It's about us. It's heavily inspired by Kanye West. Um, it's about a schizophrenic rapper who's being taken advantage by his music label. So, oh, really? Yeah, his brother, who's ghostwriting the album because she's not fit to finish the album and finish her record deal, her D-list celebrity brother is ghostwriting the album so she can perform it. One last album, one last record deal. One last gotcha. Thing. Gotcha. Okay. That actually, sounds, that actually sounds pretty interesting, especially since uh, mental health has been coming into uh, more forefront nowadays, especially with people of color, but also Kanye in general. Uh, you know, if, if all goes to plan, this episode should be out in maybe, maybe in September. So I hope by then Kanye will be somewhat. Uh, Hopefully better than uh, than he was currently, uh, but this being Kanye West, I feel like I, I honestly feel like Kanye West is a conversation all by itself. It's like, do you think he is? Just, it's like, do <laughs> yeah. you th like do you? Th and it's like, and the weird thing is that Kim is always saying, "Oh, he's bipolar," and and the weird thing is, I I have friends who is bipolar. You know, I have friends who are bipolar. I have you know, that sort of thing, and they're saying that you know. And they're saying that's like what they see in Kanye West isn't bipolar disorder, but it's like general, it's like genuine and, and insanity. So even though he is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, that doesn't mean he could actually have it. So, but yeah, and, and, and again, bipolar disorder has like manic episodes and the manic episodes go on for like, you know, weeks, that's, you know, days on end, that sort of thing. And then 
you hit like the like once that rust is off, then the depressive episodes just like hit you more often than not. And my friend, again, my friends who are bipolar, that's what I'm doing. It, it, it's not how the media makes it out to be. Like where it's like, oh yeah, he's just being crazy about a second crazy. There might be something else wrong with him. So he might be diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He may actually have something else that isn't like that. You know, where it's like. Uh, but yeah, Kanye is a whole discussion by himself. Uh, True.com, I do want to hope to see that hopefully in the future. I do I do hope to see a book in the future too. You know, I Thank think you. Uh, writing a book, especially in quarantine, is like almost a great way to not only a great form of therapy, but just being a, a great form of just a creative outlet too. Because I've been trying to write a short story book too, but it's a little hard okay. because the first because the, the first the first story itself is about uh, is about a guy who wakes up and he is like he wakes up with these like with these people who he doesn't know and the last thing he remembers was just crossing the street and then during the thing he like he meets people who have been long uh, long missing or long dead like Amelia Earhart, uh, D.B. Cooper that sort of thing and you know so he just starts figuring out oh wait a minute is this possible it's like Am I possibly in purgatory? That's what I think, where it's like, he doesn't know if he's in purgatory or he might be in some place that is in a state of flux where it's like, these people who have been deemed missing yeah. are just like, you know, the people who are deemed missing are li alive, living well, someplace that could be purgatory, but I don't want to say it's, it is purgatory. So what genre is it? Is it like a... a sci-fi like a horror movie or like i'm leaning to the the short story book i'm leaning towards surreal stories it's like so it's like surreal stories where it's like things that could happen in the real world and may happen in the real world but it's so surreal that's mm -hmm. uh but i'm still working the kinks out of the out of that story but every other story is like it's gotta be like this guy there's got to be one horror, one mystery, one uh, sci-fi, probably one action, drama, that sort of thing. I even have a, like, almost one of those coming-of-age stories where it's like, oh, the, you know, the girl meets, yeah, like, this old father priest, that, yeah, old father priest, you know, who's on a road trip trying to search from, like, soul-searching himself, and then he comes across this, you know, this werewolf girl trying to do that thing. So I'm gonna try and do a spin on the whole, uh, that, that's her like, where it's like, you, you know, you could buy it into this like priest on a vacation, that sort of thing. And, and it turns out he, and not he, and it turns out she has like some sort of like thing about her. And then, and at the end, I'm just doing a, uh, yeah, it's sort of like, it's almost in a way uh, stylized after Stephen King. The way he does short stories too. So, oh Which, yeah, you can never figure out what short story you're reading with, with a Stephen King. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. It's social media. I know you mentioned. Uh, I believe. Yeah, do you uh, like? Do you have any social media? Other social media you want to uh, put out like like a social media blast? Or something? Uh, you know, I like to keep it as simple as I can. No confusions. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube. The same name, True Society. T-R-U underscore 
society. It's like society, true society. Y'all smart. Y'all smart. Yeah, they know. They all, we all live in a true society. <laughs> oh, I thought we was doing the laugh together. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, enough of that. We we talked we talked for a long time. Uh, Devante, thank you again for being a great guest on this podcast show. Whatever. My name, as always, is Brian M. Davis. I hope you enjoy your day or night whenever you're watching this. And please stay safe and wear a damn mask. Yes.